Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Thursday, February the 9th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith will be joining me momentarily as well. And we are getting set for a seven-game slate here on this uh, Thursday night. We've got some intriguing matchups uh, tonight, highlighted by Colorado-Tampa Bay Stanley Cup final rematch and the first meeting between the Avalanche and the Lightning since last year's Stanley Cup final. So uh, looking forward to breaking down this card. If you're wondering where Alex is, he's just running a few minutes late. I think he needed a few extra minutes, actually, after the night he had last night. And I'll let him explain that uh, when he joins us on the show. And to say he had an interesting Wednesday night would be an understatement. Um, it was uh, uh, almost like it was a dream what happened with Alex B. Smith, our guy, uh, last night. It almost like, th- did that really happen? You know, did that actually take place in real life? what Alex uh, was involved with last night, uh, it actually did. So <laughs> uh, looking forward to hearing about that from Alex when he joins us uh, on the uh, show tonight or on the show this afternoon here in just a few minutes. Uh, let's look back quickly on the two games last night. I mean, it was the Vancouver Canucks and the New York Rangers. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, again, valiant effort. I thought, you know, the, certainly you can't fault work ethic. You can't fault um the, the try, the level of try, the, the compete level of the Vancouver Canucks. But at the end of the day, you know, they're just not good enough defensively, unfortunately. They get back in the game. They give up a critical goal at a bad time, uh, and they end up falling short, losing, of course, uh, to the uh, New York Rangers last night, 4-3. to three. The game did go over the total, which was good to see. And in a two-game slate last night where I didn't like the side or the total a whole lot from either game, we ended up going with a goal score prop, best bet, a rare one for yours truly on the Ice Guys show yesterday, and it came through for us. Philip Heedle of the New York Rangers, once again, doing what he's been doing lately, finding the back of the net and scoring goals in bunches for this Rangers team at plus 200. Last night, uh, he ends up cashing for us with that uh, best bet. Uh, Philip Heedle of the Rangers continues to uh, light it up for them. Uh, the other game last night, Dallas and Minnesota, very, very strong effort from the Stars last night, 4-1. to one. Pretty disappointing for Minnesota because you expect a little bit better than that from them after uh, a very disheartening first game back after the break. You lose to the lowly Arizona Coyotes, uh, but Minnesota was clearly the inferior team last night, uh, and uh, the Dallas Stars get the 4-1 uh, to one victory over the Minnesota Wild. And if you jumped in on that uh, plus 750 uh, goal score prop parlay last night that I mentioned on yesterday's show with Philip Heedle of the Rangers and Rope Hints of the Dallas Stars. It looked like we cashed that one in the uh, second period uh, when Dallas made it 3-0. It ended up being a deflection goal, though, clearly, and it was the right decision to change the goal to Yanni Hockenpah, who ended up getting that goal instead of Hints. And we were left wondering, hey, are we going to uh, have that uh, parlay win taken away from us? But sure enough, Rope hints into the empty net in the final couple minutes of the game to put it away uh, and give uh, Dallas the uh, or cement the win for the Dallas Stars four to one uh, last night. So the parlay ends up cashing after all. Uh, hints and Heedle uh, uh, last night at plus seven fifty. So that was fantastic to see. Uh, before we get into today's card, 
We do need to bring up there's a couple of things that have happened, and namely, Vladimir Tarasenko has been dealt to the New York Rangers from the St. Louis Blues. We're just awaiting uh, the, the official trade call uh, to go through and to be processed, and, and we're also waiting on um, who's going the other way uh, to the St. Louis Blues in this deal that will send Vladimir Tarasenko to the New York Rangers. So the Rangers active, uh, as we kind of expected, uh, they would be. Uh, going into the uh, trade deadline, uh, but uh, certainly making moves ahead of time here. We're still a good several weeks away, a good few weeks away from uh, the trade deadline. It's looking like a first round, uh, a fourth, a first round pick, a fourth round pick, and a uh, group of prospects are going to the St. Louis Blues uh, in return for uh, Vladimir Tarasenko to the Rangers. So looks like, again, for the Blues, it's a sure sign from Doug Armstrong, the general manager of the St. Louis Blues, that, hey, we're waving the white flag on this season, I think, in terms of, you know, whether we're going to be, you know, maybe we still make the playoffs and we play well uh, in the uh, second half of the uh, season. But we're still looking at at the at long term uh, goals here with this franchise. And we kind of know this is an aging roster. And, and if you look at the St. Louis Blues, that that's indeed the case. They've got a lot of good players. But Brandon Sod's in his 30s. You know, Braden Shen's now in his 30s. You know, they're, they're, and you look at that blue line. Tory Krug has been around the block a long time. Justin Falk. Uh, Colton Pareko's a good defenseman, but he's been at it a long time. Nick Letty. I mean, uh, this is one of the older teams in terms of average age in the National Hockey League. And you, you see the season not going as well as the Blues wanted. And I think it's a pretty clear decision. And this is the first symbol of it sign of it, if you will, from Doug Armstrong, that it's time to look toward the long term. It's time to look toward the future, maybe break this thing up a little bit uh, and look long term. So definitely there's no doubt St. Louis, I think, is going to be looking long term at, you know, rebuilding, retinkering, uh, blowing not blowing it up, maybe ex extreme, but maybe a, a little bit of a softer, lighter version of blowing it up. And I think this trade here Vladimir Tarasenko to the New York Rangers is certainly the first sign uh, of more moves being made before the deadline by the St. Louis Blues selling, you know, a lot of key players. I think you'll see more moves. Barbashev's going to get moved. You know, it wouldn't even totally shock me if uh, Brian Shen, I'm not so sure because he's got great ties uh, to that team, but Barbashev could be moved. Uh, definitely Saad could be moved. Don't be shocked if uh, a Letty. Uh, ends up getting moved before the uh, deadline as well on the blue line. Falk is in play. I think Pareko and, and Krug may not go, uh, but I'm sure if the right deal is in place, they'd certainly entertain the idea. So, But the bottom line is there'll be more moves and more players, I think, jettisoned out of St. Louis between now and the trade deadline. Well, look who we have here. It's our guy, Alex B. Smith. Uh, Alex, welcome to the show. And before we even get to the Thursday night card, you have some explaining to do. I can't even believe the night that you had last night happened, you know, that it was real, yeah. that this was real life that uh, transpired in the uh, history book for Alex B. Smith on a Wednesday night, February the 8th, 2023. You're going to look back on this and say what kind of night this was, but tell our viewers and our listeners all about it. All right, so I got to tell the whole story. And it starts, ironically enough, it involves both of the games last night. So I'm watching Vancouver and the Rangers. And I mentioned on the show how I won the live over at five and a half, trying to get plus money. I'm watching the scoreless as the clock's dwindling down. I'm, I'm looking at my app. And all of a sudden, for the first time in a long time, they started moving the number on a half, like they do with BetMGM and, and, and FanDuel and all these other books. So that online, I'm waiting for this five and a half to go plus money. It goes from 110 
to five even minus 180. What do you think happens about a minute later? Rangers score, make it one nothing, can't even get the bet. So I'm pissed off. So I'm like, I'm just going to go head out to the bar. So my friend works at the lobby bar inside the St. Paul Hotel, which, of course, Vegas Golden Knights, they're in town getting ready to play for tonight's game. And what I didn't know was that it was the dad's trip. So as I get to the bar and I'm sitting there, I'm seeing players walk in, which is no big deal. They're walking to their you know el- elevators, get, uh, their curfews. But all these dads just come stumbling in and they come straight to the bar. They had all gone out to dinner at a, a place that's not too far, like basically between the hotel and my, and my apartment. And so they were hanging out and drinking and watching Stars and Wild Game. I'm in there with my Stars jersey. And uh, basically get to meet most like Aiden Hill, I uh, got to meet uh, Jack. I actually got to meet Jack. I, I turn around when Dallas scores a goal, and I'm hearing guys go, who scored that? And I turn around, and it's literally Jack Eichel asking me, who scored the second goal of the game? I'm like, it's Rupert Hintz. Uh His dad was there. I mean, most of the dads, like I said, they came and, and sucked around, but, but at least Aiden Hill's dad was the, one, the, the dad that kind of sat right next to me. We drank, you know, a couple beers and – Talked about, you know, he talked about how you know, him living in, in Canada and growing up in Calgary and different stuff. It was just a, a ton of just fun, just random shit. Like, I ended up getting home at midnight. Most of these guys end up going to bed around like 10, 30 or 11 once the game ended. I got home at about midnight. And uh, just, just, a, just a weird, like I said, it felt like a fever dream. Like, am I really, like, actually, like, hanging out and, like, you know, listening to hockey stories from you know, some of these professionals' dads? It was, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool night. So, yeah, apologies for being a little late, a little hungover. Uh, but like I said, it was a uh, you know one of those <laughs> once in a lifetime kind of moments, and it was uh, a cool, cool thing to be part of. So. so Alex and the hockey dads of the Vegas Golden Knights—that's <laughs> essentially uh, what it was last night, with a little cameo from uh, Jack Eichel, and you said Aiden Hill as well. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, yeah, Aiden Hill. Well, Aiden Hill, has, yeah, he stopped in for like a brief second, and then he went up. But like I said, that his dad was there for most yeah. of, of that time, and uh, like I said, met some a couple of the players' dads too. So it was, it was just a, a really just fun, you know, chill chill night watching the game. <laughs> that's the way and it ended and you and it's not surprising like the and i'm sure when it comes to a hockey dad they all they all want to see their kids do well but you got different personalities i'm sure there's some quiet mm-hmm. ones there's some louder ones there's rambunctious yeah. ones there's kind of surly ones and then there's some nice ones and you had nothing but good things to say about aiden's father saying he yeah. was really a just a really nice guy when you were talking to him last night yeah he was just super chill and relaxing like say so yeah, a lot of and a lot of the dads obviously they know each other because of they you know kids basically played together when they were juniors or with another team or whatever so it was cool seeing that interaction as well like seeing which dads were already kind of really close and which dads were still kind of maybe getting to know each other for maybe the first or second time so it was a, it was just a really cool like different kind of uh experience you know most people you know get to meet players or different things or whatever but you don't really get to meet like any athletes you know family members too often so it was just a, a kind of a, a twist on a different experience uh, I don't know. I'd be. I probably wouldn't do it. I wouldn't have the balls to do it. But I'd be tempted at least if I saw Jack. I'd say, "When are you going to get a point, you stupid fuck? Come on! When are you going to get back on the score sheet, man? I mean, what have you gone six games without a point now? Come on! They need you. They need. They need you. They won. They actually. He had a bunch of chances the other night against yeah. Nashville. Actually, I thought he actually. He's getting close to breaking through. He is, mm-hmm. and and you're seeing progress. You're seeing him. You're before you weren't seeing him get as many chances. He wasn't, you know, as noticeable, I think, in some of the earlier games during this little point uh, drought that he's on right now. But I thought against Nashville, he had a bunch of chances. And hopefully the uh, the goals and the points are going to come uh, back again sooner rather than later for uh, Jack Eichel. So there you go, a wild night there for uh, <laughs> an unexpected one. And, that all, and it only happened because you got pissed off about the start of that Canucks-Rangers <laughs> game. Yeah. And he said, I just got to clear my head, need some air. 
I uh, just got to, you know, you know, stomp the ground a little bit, vent my frustrations, and then you just ended up going to downtown, and then you see uh, the uh, cavalry of Vegas hockey dads uh, <laughs> rambling into the hotel, and ne- next thing you know, the night is spent uh, with the uh, dads of the Golden Knights players. Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's never a dull moment here in downtown St. Paul, and, and, yeah. and like I said, because of the, the players and teams always usually stay in the area, and the, and the arena is right down the street, so you, know, you never know what kind of interactions like they can have. Yeah, no doubt. So crazy night for Alex uh, B. Smith. And, uh, you know, it was a good night to just get the hell out. There's only two hockey games on anyway. And the yeah. best thing, too, is you had your Stars jersey on, and Dallas ends up getting the job done, of course, against the uh, yeah. Minnesota Wild uh, last night. And, of course, Minnesota right back in action. And uh, I, but that's another thing, too. I think you said Phil Kessel's dad, right? Phil Kessel's dad. Was yeah, the, Phil, uh, Phil Kessel's dinner. dad. Wait, and and did they talk about the situation for the game tonight, Vegas, Minnesota, where it's a back-to-back and they were talking about how there's a tricky spot and they got a chance maybe to jump on this Minnesota team tonight? Yeah, so so Phil Castle's dad was one of the first to come down and uh, we're watching the game and he kind of leans over to chat and he says, oh, yeah, he's like, so hopefully, you know, Dallas can uh, soften them up for us, you know, tomorrow. And okay. he said, he said, it's always a terrible spot for teams to be, uh, you know, having to come back home for the second leg of, of a back-to-back against a, uh, a road team that's already been in town, already settled in. They, I think they got into town at like 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Like I said, they go, go out and go eat. They all, you know, had a great meal. All were, were rested in bed. Like I said, all the players were certainly in bed before the set, the end of the second period with that uh, with that Stars game. So, uh, you know, you could tell, you know, and like I said, it was just kind of just checking around, seeing how guys were, just, you know, Nobody was limping around, you know, nobody seemingly, you know, kind of injured or under weather or anything like that. Everybody was in good spirit. So, uh, you know, it was, like I said, just one of those kind of just rare, interesting things. You know? Yeah, no doubt. It was uh, just uh, a Wednesday night that uh, definitely wasn't planned that way for Alex last night uh, with the uh, Wednesday night, uh, how he spent his uh, Wednesday night last night in downtown St. Paul. All right. Thursday night NHL card. We've got seven games, should be entertaining, and it just happened. We didn't start with this game because it's uh, the big game of the night, the marquee game. It just happens to be the first game on the betting rotation order, but it is the game of the night on paper. Uh, Colorado Avalanche, Tampa Bay Lightning, Stanley Cup Final uh, rematch, uh, ESPN with uh, Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro tonight, so obviously they're going all out. It's a big game. Uh, We've got Tampa Bay minus 140, home favorite, six the total uh, in this one. So we got to set the table here. We've got Tampa Bay not playing well, you can say, since the uh, All-Star break. They got blown out by the Florida Panthers. They just didn't play well at all in that game. I thought their five-on-five game against San Jose was fine, and John Cooper said it after the game against the Sharks. There was nothing wrong with that, but they just lost the special teams battle. San Jose's power play was good. Uh, Tampa Bay, it was a night where they only went one for six with the man advantage. They had opportunities. They could not capitalize. And uh, what's also very rare is that against a San Jose team that we know is languishing near the bottom of the NHL standings, and you have a three to one lead against that team at home, where Tampa Bay was 20 and five going into that game against San Jose on their home ice, and they can't hold the lead. They end up uh, letting San Jose get two goals in the third, and they end up uh, coming all the way back and winning in overtime, 4 3. Uh, the Sharks coming back to beat the Lightning in that game. So that's two losses in a row for this uh, Tampa Bay team. But if there's one game that certainly will evoke, you know, an incredible strong performance on, you would think, uh, you know, theoretically it's tonight. You're facing the team that beat you uh, in the Stanley Cup final last year, the team that kept you from winning your third consecutive Stanley Cup. So there's no doubt Tampa Bay probably had this game circled already on their schedule, going back to when the schedule came out. But 
certainly you would expect them to bring a terrific effort tonight. But is it going to be enough? And do you want to lay minus 140 with this team? I personally don't. I don't have a strong side take on this game because I would have liked it a lot more if Tampa Bay had just steamrolled San Jose the other night. They didn't. And now you've got to look at Tampa Bay here as a team that's definitely, I think, going to bring somewhat close to their A game against a team that will certainly uh, inspire them to be good tonight, to play well here in this game. But it's not like Colorado's coming in here to lay an egg. They're coming off a game where they deserve two points against Pittsburgh uh, in their last game. Outplayed, outshot, outchanced, had the puck all night uh, against the Penguins, but could not get that second goal, that 2 nothing goal, that cushion that they needed. And sure enough, Pittsburgh hanging around, kind of playing rope-a-dope. They didn't have the puck much of the night, but all it took was one chance, and boom, they ended up tying the game late in the third. And then after a power play for Colorado where they hit a couple of posts, they had a bunch of great chances, Casey DeSmith, rose up and played extremely well uh, on that penalty kill. And the whole game, he was very good. Next thing you know, back down the ice, Pittsburgh scores in overtime, Chris Letang to win it. And a tough loss for Colorado because they were for sure the better team for well over 40 minutes uh, on a Tuesday night. So we'll see if Colorado can bounce back from an injury standpoint. The big news, of course, is the status of Kale McCarr. He's going to miss at least the next two games. And the Avs and Jared Bednar and a lot of the players weren't happy that the collision and the blindside hit from Jeff Carter of the Pittsburgh Penguins the other night was not called. There was no penalty uh, on the play. And now all of a sudden they lose, obviously, their best defenseman for at least the next two games. So that is an impact loss. We know <laughs> Kale McCarr is right there, the best, if one of the best, and certainly could be the best defenseman in the NHL right now. Another great season with 13 goals and 32 assists. And we know he's got the uh, skating stride to be uh, very good in his own end as well. So you miss that for sure going into this game. But if I had to pick a side, and it is a big game, so I'm going to put a few bucks down on it from a side perspective. It's certainly not one of my stronger uh, opinions on the card tonight. But I have to take the price with Colorado, even without uh, Kale McCarr, and even with Tampa Bay, you know, with that revenge motive. This is talk. This is about a Colorado team that's that certainly played well enough to beat Pittsburgh, that's matched up quite well with Tampa. There's no question about that. That still, if you look at their record with Val Nachushkin in the lineup, and of course he just recently came back, I believe they're 15 and 6, 16 and 6 or something with him in the lineup tonight. It's just a price that to me is a little bit out of whack here. Uh, and I know they've bet the Tampa Bay, there's been money coming in on Tampa Bay after the McCarr news uh, came out this morning that he wouldn't play, but uh, I just don't feel comfortable with Tampa Bay's overall game right now in a minus 140 type of price range against the defending Stanley Cup champions and people will use the revenge narrative to to the tits here to talk about why they like Tampa Bay tonight. Colorado's not coming in here to lose a hockey game. Uh, sorry to break the news to you, but I think Colorado wants this one too after a frustrating loss the other night uh, against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So like I say, Tampa Bay could very clearly and easily win this game. It would not shock me one bit, but this is a price play for me. And to me, this price at plus 120, I'm interested in Colorado because for all the chatter, Tampa Bay's bringing it tonight. I think Colorado's bringing it too. So I like the Avs a little bit at plus 120. Alex, what do you think here? The game of the night on ESPN, Avs, Lightning, Stanley Cup final rematch. Yeah, like I said, this is going to be a, a fun one to watch. And, and you, know, you know, even though this is the middle of the year, Colorado, Tampa Bay, obviously going to, you know, it's going to be said a million times. They're hearing it in the locker rooms about, you know, this is the cup final rematch. Uh, and and I think it's a, it's a pivotal spot really for both teams because of, the fact that, you know, we were expecting both of them to be better 
at this point of the of the season. Uh, they've had, you know, their their different bumps in, in, in the road. And I know some people were in the chat were mentioning about looking at the under. I could see this having that kind of a playoff feel and maybe, you know, leaning toward the under. You don't play a lot of unders with these teams normally, uh, especially when, when Colorado's healthy. That's a kind of a, a risky bet. But I think under six might be the look here. I think we could see this kind of be a, a bit more physical and, uh, you know, a, just a bit more lockdown. Uh, you know, not taking too many, you know, risking to, to make some mistakes or turnovers. They're going to be controlling the puck well at both ends. So I think it's going to have that kind of a playoff feel, and I think we're going to see it kind of be a low-scoring game. So I'm going to go under six. Might even come back and play some uh, to the over later on if this, you know, is like scoreless after the first period, maybe, you know, 10 minutes into the second period. Might try to grab like a three-and-a-half and catch something in between. But I think under six is the play I'm going to look for here with Colorado Tampa. All right, looking at the uh, under here uh, in this game. I'm neutral on the total. I uh, don't th- feel strong either way uh, about it. Uh, Colorado's actually been trending under the total. So Alex uh, mentioned how he leans to the under here. Colorado in their last seven games, 5-1-1 one, and one to the under. So they have been definitely a, a strong uh, under team. Uh, there are a couple props I want to mention here uh, in this game. Uh, Evan Rodriguez is going to be playing on the second line tonight for the uh, Colorado Avalanche, and he's made the most of it. Uh, as well. Uh, Alex Newhook has really come to life. So if you want some bargain bin options for Colorado, Rodriguez and Newhook, a little bit more value. I also think Big Val is going to find the back of the net tonight for the uh, Avalanche. I know it's it's a second game back. He got his feet wet against Pittsburgh. He had three shots on goal uh, against Pittsburgh, and he had a couple of really good chances uh, against the uh, Penguins. So I think Big Val Nachushkin uh, steps up and gets a goal. So I like Nachushkin, Rodriguez, and uh, Newhook. You know, if I'm going to look at some options for Colorado, McKinnon, of course, scored uh, the only goal for Colorado against uh, uh, Pittsburgh. And he's never someone I wouldn't say, yeah, don't bet McKinnon. But uh, I think there's a little bit better value with some other members of the uh, uh, avalanche. As far as the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning are concerned, it's a game you would expect the point Kucherov Stamkos trio to really show up. You know, this is supposed to be their revenge game their opportunity to beat play Colorado for the first time since that Stanley Cup final. So you could see them maybe having a pretty good game. I'll give you one down the uh, lineup for Tampa that started to percolate here the last uh, few games, and that's Ross Colton. He's gotten two goals in the last three games for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He has four points in the last uh, five games for the Lightning as well. So Ross Colton for uh, Tampa Bay might be a nice bargain bin uh, player prop for the uh, Bolts in this titanic Stanley Cup final rematch tonight. All right, next game, Edmonton Oilers, Philadelphia Flyers. We've got Edmonton minus 190 road favorites, six and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game. Uh, The Oilers coming out of the break, and I like the mindset from this team. Sense of urgency, you know, we're not assured of a damn thing yet. Like, let's, we we need to make sure we get in the playoffs, which we're, again, it's not a sure thing yet that we will. And not only that, but, with everything that's going on in the chaos that's going on in the standings within their own division right now uh, for this uh, Edmonton Oilers team, I know what they're saying. They're saying with everything that's going on with uh, all of a sudden uh, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken and the LA Kings being right there, they say, why not push to win this division? Why not push for first? I mean, they are now all of a sudden right there. So not only with this great run that they put together, uh, Edmonton, have they gone uh, firmly in a, into one of the two wild card spots, and they have the number one wild card spot right now at 62 points, uh, four points ahead of both Minnesota and Calgary. But they now find themselves just two points behind Vegas, who lead 
uh, the Pacific Division right now. So that's what this great uh, eight and one run for the Edmonton Oilers in their last nine games has done for them. Uh, it's really got them in a position where they're firmly back in a wild card spot. And now they can think even uh, of, of grander things now. And that's let's try to win the division because they've certainly got the they've got the forward group to do it. The defense, when they're playing well, they can they can defend when they want to. It's about a level of consistency. And Jay Woodcroft has worked overboard, overtime, if you will, uh, to make sure that um, the Edmonton Oilers improve at the defensive end of the ice. And uh, we've seen better from them here the last few, you know, during this win streak, we've seen this team play. And it also helps when you get some saves, right? Stuart Skinner early in the year was playing really well. He's, by the way, the starting goalie tonight for the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, in this game as they, I think, continue to just go back and forth, him and Jack Campbell. But there's there's suddenly some pressure, Alex, on Skinner now because Jack Campbell now has a seven-start win streak going after the win he picked up against Detroit. There's now pressure on Skinner to say, you know what? If I want to keep getting starts and alternating you know, opportunities in between the pipes with Jack Campbell, I've got to keep playing well. So I think that becomes important here for Skinner tonight moving forward, uh, that he continues to match what Jack has been doing lately uh, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Philadelphia with the 2-1 loss to the Islanders in their first game back following the All-Star break. That's now their fourth loss in the last uh, five games. You know, you worry about Philly in this regard. You know, when they meet a team that is playing a, that's a better team than them, and that team plays a really good, focused game, there's no letdown, there's no sleepwalk, this is a team playing with purpose. And if we get that from Edmonton, they're going to win this game tonight. It's simple. And I think Philadelphia is going to run into that kind of issue uh, moving forward here, uh, is that uh, when they play a team that's uh, playing well, that's better than them, that's not going to overlook them, Philadelphia is going to have a hard time winning some of these games. And we saw that against the Islanders. And I think we're going to start to see that the post all-star break. Now it's these teams that are trying to push for playoffs. They're, they're, they're hitting the accelerator, you know, enough screwing around enough, you know, with this inconsistency, this up one game down the next mentality, we got to bring it every single night. Cause if we don't bring it every single night, come playoff time, we're not winning a Stanley Cup. I think that's the mentality that's creeping in, and it's the same kind of thought process I have with a couple of the other games here on this card uh, that we'll get into uh, later on. So I like Edmonton in some form here. I haven't decided how I'm going to bet it because I haven't bet it yet. You know, I haven't bet it yet, but I think I might go on the Edmonton and over five and a half makes some sense to me because the one thing about the Oilers is they're scoring goals in bunches right now and the most of the time when the Oilers win games they're, they're scoring a bunch of goals in these games so the Oilers and over five and a half parlay you know which you can get at a good price is something I might consider the team totals in play although I wish it was a little cheaper it's around minus 140 minus 145 but that could get there as well that's what I'm looking at here some kind of Oilers and over five and a half maybe their team total uh, as well uh, what do you think here Alex Oilers Flyers yeah, I was looking more toward the, the team total, like I said, I wish it was a little bit lower too. Just maybe even like a dollar thirty-five, I would probably uh, buy in with that. But yeah, we're gonna start seeing these matchups more and more now, where you got a playoff team that's you know starting to run away, and you got uh, you know a team that's you know fighting for a lottery spot, starting to slide down. I think this is gonna be one of those games. We've seen Edmonton score at least four goals in eight of their last nine games. Like I, said, I think they're getting their offense rocking and rolling right now, and Philly's gonna start to struggle a little bit more. So. Uh, more than likely, we'll be on that team total, just kind of waiting for that, that price to drop. $1.40 is not too bad, but anything higher, then I'd probably have to wait to try and grab it in-game. 
All right, good stuff. And a couple props, too, in this game. Mostly Edmonton I'm going to focus on because I think they'll do the brunt of the uh, goal scoring. Though we do know the Oilers, and the one thing that's always a worry is they're always, you know, not always, but they have the clunker every now and then, like the Columbus game at home. Uh, just that was the only loss they've had in their last nine games, that Columbus game at home. Sometimes when they're playing someone that's really inferior to them, you don't always get Edmonton's best. But I just think post-All-Star break, with now where they are in the standings and now that they can see, they look up and they see, wow, Vegas is just barely ahead of us now, first-place team. The second and the third place team in the Pacific, Seattle and L.A. Wow, they're just barely ahead of us right now. That should be incentive. That should be something that stokes the fire uh, of competitive spirit from this Edmonton team that, wow, uh, you know, we can suddenly win this division now. We can go from, you know, weeks ago, we're fighting to get back into the wild card picture and a wild card spot to now, wow, we can still win the Pacific. You know, that should be fueling the Oilers. There's no question uh, about that. So as far as the props go, Dylan Holloway and Derek Ryan are listed as the line mates on the top line tonight with Connor McDavid. If that's going to be the case, and that's what Woodcroft is going to roll out there tonight as his top line, that means Holloway is extremely undervalued. That means Derek Ryan is extremely undervalued in terms of the player props for this game tonight. And in fact, I'm going to look it up right now uh, before we uh, go any further here. Uh, Derek Ryan uh, to score a goal tonight is plus 575 at Caesars. He's going to be playing, it looks like, with Connor McDavid. Unless this is a typo, unless there's a last-minute change of some kind, that is going to be the case. Ryan's going to be up there with Connor McDavid, and you can get up to plus 575 on him to score a goal tonight. So that's an ultimate bargain bin right there. Holloway to score a goal. Also up to plus 575 at Caesars uh, Sportsbook. Incredible value for two guys that might be flanking Connor McDavid. Uh, on that top line tonight for them. And also a, a couple a consideration as well here for Edmonton. You know, Hy uh, McDavid and Hyman has been, you know, absolutely awesome uh, for the extended stretches. But here's a couple I'll throw out at you. Warren Fogle and Ryan McLeod down the lineup have suddenly become, you know, guys that have been chipping in lately. Warren Fogle, two goals against Detroit, you know, after a long, long stretch of games where the offensive well was running dry. Ryan McLeod has two goals and three points for Edmonton in the last two games. So if you really want to sprinkle on a bet a little to win a lot kind of mentality with some of these Oilers props, there's three, four that stand out. Fogle, McLeod, down the lineup, but chipping in offensively of late. And of course, Derek Ryan and Dylan Holloway, likely to be the line mates with McDavid tonight. So uh, definitely some interesting value on the Edmonton side for player props here in this hockey game tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers. All right, Seattle taking on New Jersey. We've got the uh, New Jersey Devils minus 135 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. A lot of things we want to clear up here personnel-wise with both teams uh, going into this hockey game. First of all, on the New Jersey side, Jack Hughes out week to week. And look, I, I never overreact to one player being out. But when you watch Jack Hughes on a nightly basis with this New Jersey Devils team, I don't want to say he carries them to the success they have, but he is a massive reason the New Jersey Devils have had the success they've had this season. How many games does this guy go without scoring a goal lately? You know, it hasn't been very many. Uh, how many times has Jack Hughes gone in the recent games where he hasn't gotten multiple points in a hockey game where he hasn't factored in in multiple New Jersey Devils goals in one game. How like he was going into tonight's game on a five game 
multi-point streak. Two points or more in five straight games for Jack Hughes coming into tonight. He had scored four goals in the last two games. He had the three-point night uh, in the victory against Vancouver uh, in the first game back after the All-Star break. And that's how big this is. This is not – This is a lot of times you have one injury, you overcome it, you've got depth, and New Jersey could still prove that they're capable of that. But, boy, I mean, when you see how much of an impact he makes, Jack Hughes, five-on-five, five, even strength, power play, and the offense, and the fact he's the fact that he has been involved in so much of the offense that the New Jersey Devils, you know, put on the board, you know, it's it's going to be something that does impact them in a negative light. And I'm not as a lot of times, like I say, we overreact to one single player injury, and we say, you know what, oh, that's devastating. They can't overcome it. And a lot of times we get into trouble doing that, and we under and we underestimate the ability of the players around. Jack Hughes to elevate their game, bring another level and make up for the absence of their best player. This is different. This is, he is just, he has his fucking fingerprints all over everything this team does offensively. So it is significant right now uh, that he is going to be out for it week to week and certainly including the game tonight uh, against the uh, Seattle Kraken. So New Jersey, I'm not, I'm not rushing to lay a price with them tonight. That is for sure. That being said, you know, Seattle talked about it after before the Islanders game, and I was on the Islanders there in that four nothing win. Uh, Seattle's first game following the break, that shutout loss to the Islanders. I'm worried that this team comes back to the pack a little bit. They're not going to, I think, collapse and fall, you know, out of the playoffs or anything like that. I still think this is going to end up being a playoff team, and Net Ron Francis, because of the season they've had, might be compelled to maybe look at what he can do to improve this team uh, at the uh, trade deadline. Uh, you know, I think they're still going to think long-term vision, you know, because that's still the plan for Seattle long-term for this team to be good, but they might make a little improvement here and there, but you know, there are some warning signs here from the uh, Seattle Kraken uh, with what we've seen from them there. Uh, they've gone win loss, win loss here. The last uh, seven games entering tonight, uh, they're only three and uh, five in their last eight games. So we'll see how they fare here. The good news is I mentioned how they've gone uh, alternating wins and losses they are off a loss. That does put them in a bounce-back spot tonight. And like I said, they have been pretty good, the Seattle Kraken, uh, off a loss throughout the uh, course of the season. I've got them at 13-8 and eight off a loss this year, including 5-2 and two when they play on the road following a loss. So it's been a, good, it's been a good angle for them, Seattle off a loss. I lean Seattle here. I do. Now, they've got issues too. Burakovsky, you know, has had a, obviously a really good year, was a big – uh, acquisition in the offseason to improve this team offensively. He's done that 13 goals, 26 assists. He's got a lower body injury that he suffered on Tuesday against the Islanders. He didn't return in that game, and he's out tonight uh, for this game against uh, New Jersey. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see how uh, they fare without him. There's going to be some tweaks to the uh, line combinations as a result from uh, both teams because Hughes is out for the Devils, and of course, Burakovsky out for the uh, Kraken. It looks like McCann, when and Eberly going to be the top line. Good news for Seattle, though. Really good news uh, is that um, they got Matty Beneers back against the Islanders. I think they were easing him into the lineup. He played 15 minutes, 52 seconds, uh, and it looks like he will be in the lineup again tonight for them against New Jersey. So that's significant, uh, no question. Uh, and certainly, uh, like I said, the season he's had, he's playing like a veteran. Uh, Matty Beneers this season for Seattle. So to have him back is significant. Uh, it looks like he'll be on the second line tonight for them 
uh, between Bjorkstrand and Schwartz, uh, Tolvin and Gord Tanev uh, on the third line. And like I said, the top line is going to be McCann, Wenberg, and Eberly. McCann is the one moving up to that spot. McCann's probably got value here in his props tonight, if you want to look at that regard. But, you know, uh, I would expect Beniers probably to be worth a, a prop look because I think after the game that he got uh, under his belt, he'll be a lot stronger tonight going into this game. You know my thoughts on what uh, Wenberg has done. He's gotten two goals in the last four games. You know, Ellie Tolvanen's just been lighting it up for Seattle since they got him from Nashville. Three goals in just uh, his last five games alone and four points during that span. So good options here with the um, player props on the Seattle side. I'm waiting to see who's in net, Alex, here. Uh, we have, we don't know yet for Seattle. Uh, it's Blackwood, and I have no issues going against Blackwood when he's laying a price. Blackwood is not not yeah. a goalie I trust. I've talked about that a million times here on this show. Uh, it's either an inconsistency uh, or it's a, it's a uh, below average start, and then it's an injury. That's basically been the career we've seen out of Mac Blackwood. 3.21 goals against, 894 uh, save percentage. I'm waiting to see who's in net, though, for Seattle. Because uh, I'm not going to like Seattle as much if it's Jones again. Because Jones, to me, look is a, is a goalie that I've got pegged to come back to the pack a little bit after that great first half. And we saw signs of that in the game against the Islanders. So, And by the way, Blackwood, I want to bring this up here. Coming into this game, Blackwood is on a, a pretty bad run here in terms of wins and losses. It looks like, yeah, uh, one, two, uh, three, four. Yeah, one and four in his last five starts coming into tonight. Uh, McKenzie uh, Blackwood so definitely look to Seattle I'll, I'll I'll probably lock in Seattle regardless uh at plus 115 at some point I'm waiting to see who's in net for the Kraken uh, if it's Jones I'll probably d actually look at the over as well uh, in this game at six and a half because I think they'll get some goals behind Blackwood uh, in this game against this Devils team but I do think New Jersey can find the uh, back of the net even without Jack Hughes it looks like their lineups as well I want to mention that uh, as well, because you got two teams because of injury-related situations. They've really changed the lineup around. It'll be Mercer centering the top line tonight with Bratt and Palat for the New Jersey Devils. And Dawson Mercer's warranting this opportunity. He's been pretty good lately for New Jersey. So I like the move. I like the idea of Lindy Ruff giving Mercer the chance with Bratt and Palat. Sharon Govich, Heeshear, and Zetterland, uh, who's kind of been the forgotten man here for the uh, New Jersey Devils. But, you know, his offense just dried up completely after a promising start there when he was up on the top line. But they're going to give him another opportunity on the top six on the second line tonight for the New Jersey Devils uh, alongside, uh, it looks like, Sharon Govich and Heeshear. So maybe you get look at Zetterland to be a little undervalued tonight. But Dawson Mercer's the target to me. He's going to have his hands in everything for New Jersey if they're going to be offensively capable tonight. He's got good players around him, Palat on one side. Brat on the other side. So Mercer's a good player prop option, getting that one center spot tonight uh, for the Devils. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Seattle, New Jersey? Yeah, everyone in the chat guessed correctly. I do. I like the draw here. I got it at plus 345. Uh, I mean, New Jersey, it's it's funny. I've, I've been on a couple of these draws, but one that I did bet was a game that didn't go uh, into overtime with Nashville and New Jersey. But this is a Devils team that's been playing a lot of close hockey. And like I said, you know, this can wear on you at, at, at times. Like I said, going to those the extra you know uh, periods, going to the overtime to shootouts, you know, night after night after night. That time adds up, and uh, it'll be interesting to see, like I said, how New Jersey's legs you know can hold up late in the games. And, and I think this is that time of year where you know teams, like I said, both teams are fighting for playoff spots. They need points. This is one of those games where you're going to see those teams if they're tied two two or three three, they're not going to risk 
uh, you know, making too many, uh, you know, forward movements and, and progress and, and, and risk, you know, turning the puck over. They want to, you know, be a little bit more conservative with the passing and puck movement late in the game, and they'll more likely end up going in the OT. So and this is a great draw spot, plus 345. Still a good number because with New Jersey, like I said, six of the last seven now going to OT, they could easily be a, uh, a number just at plus 300 or even cheaper. So 345, good value. Yeah, that over three at minus 105 for the Kraken team total is going to be probably something I put uh, some of the – like this is going to be one of those where we're going to have a little bit – we're going to have our hands uh, in a little bit of everything here in this game. We'll probably have a little Kraken money line, probably a little Kraken team total over three. And if Matt, jo- Matt Jones – Martin Jones is in net, uh, I think we'll probably put the over six and a half in my pocket as well uh, here in this game with the uh, Kraken and the Devils. And by the way, they played in Seattle. It was a 4-3 hockey game. Seattle won in overtime. A uh, game went over the total. It, it was last month on January 19th. Uh, so Seattle won. Seattle got, you know, four goals. So the team total would have hit. The game went over the total. And it would have cashed the draw, which Alex likes in this game. So <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for tonight. 4-3 Seattle would be great. And everybody's happy with the bets they've made uh, here in this game tonight with the uh, Kraken and the uh, Devils. All right, San Jose, Florida. We have Florida minus 220 home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Look, if you're Florida, it's very, very easy to come into this game after blowing the doors off the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team you don't like, a team that has owned you, and a team that you really brought your best against in that first game, knowing, hey, if we're, we're going to make the playoffs, we got to start playing good hockey and we got to put wins together. And they do. Uh, and even with that win against Tampa Bay, they're still three points behind Pittsburgh, who currently hold the final wild card spot uh, in the Eastern Conference. So it's easy after a game like that to have a letdown, you know, a very emotional game, great game, a dominating win for the Florida Panthers. But you can't be doing this shit anymore. you got to put wins together. You've got to put great performances together consecutively and not play down to competition. And if the Florida Panthers avoid that tonight, and they play what the way they they some if anything close to the way they played against Tampa, they bring that tonight. They'll they'll, they'll blow the doors off San Jose tonight. There's no question about that uh, going into this game. But this is the issue with Florida all year is that they haven't always had uh, that one great performance flow naturally into the next game. And now they're also without their captain once again, uh, Alexander Barkov. And again, uh, the last game. He left it with that hand issue, and he'll be uh, ruled out tonight for the uh, Florida Panthers. The good news for Florida is if you look back at that Tampa Bay game, they had no problem you know, taking care of business against the Lightning without Bark. Barkov didn't really have a huge impact even before he got injured in that game and left it early. You know, It was Matthew Kachuk's show with two goals, three assists, and five points. He was just spectacular. And in fact, Matthew Kachuk, he maybe started a little slow with Florida. That ain't the case anymore. His last seven games, he's on a seven-game point streak in the last seven games. And during those seven games, he has a whopping 15 points in the last seven games for the Florida Panthers. So whatever you're doing in props with this game, Matthew Kachuk's got to be on there, you know, in some form right now uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers. And this feels like one of those games, especially with the captain Barkov out, it's going to put even more, I think, of the offensive onus on Matthew Kachuk in this game. This is definitely a game to look at an over one and a half for him. Now, it's not a great price. It's even money, you know, minus 110, but I think it makes all the sense in the world. 
Matthew Kachuk against this San Jose team, which still yields goals, goals in bunches with their defense. You know, this should be an opportunity for Kachuk to get two points. He's been on a great roll. Uh, there's no question about that. And this is a really good prop game because I think Florida will find the back of the net. Capo Kakinen in net for San Jose. I will say this, after giving up the three goals against Tampa in the first period of that game, he did play better after that, but I'm not buying into that just off, you know, 40 minutes of decent hockey uh, against the Lightning. And there were a couple of golden chances that Tampa had in that game, golden opportunities where they, they dubbed the shot, you know, they fanned on it. They passed instead of shot, and it could have been an open net. They hit a post as, or two as well. So, you know, San Jose did get a little fortune there uh, with uh, Tampa Bay missing some great opportunities uh, to put that game away. So I still need to believe – I need to see more out of Cockenham before we're ready to believe in uh, him being uh, a guy that's going to replicate what he did against Tampa Bay. Uh, as far as props go, you have to look at Brandon Montour as well for Florida right now. Uh, Brandon Montour for the Florida Panthers. He has got, he's on an incredible point streak right now for them. I think it's nine games now with a point for the Florida Panthers. So, and they haven't adjusted this shit, you know, at all with his points prop at all. Uh, they actually have slightly tonight uh, for the first time. I'm seeing upwards of minus one fifty five, minus one sixty. I mean, for the most part, you've been getting minus one twenty, minus one thirty. So finally, there's been uh, a little bit of an adjustment. Some of these points too for Montour have been goals. And he almost had another goal the other night. So plus 450 shots, not that bad as well with Brandon Montour at this point in time. My old friend, by the way, with uh, Barkov out, guess who's getting the number one center spot tonight? Our old friend, the Listerine man, E2, Cool Mint Listerine. And uh, he's going to be up on that top line tonight for the uh, Florida Panthers. So Paul Maurice uh, tabbing the fin uh, to jump up to that top line tonight uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers. So his props, I think, are worth a look here in this game for sure he's plus 360 in some spots to score a goal i wish there was points props on him as that would be a great bet i think playing with reinhardt and lundell um but i don't see them right now uh bennett's actually scored in back-to-back -back games you could go a goal prop with him it, it, carter verhage is just continuing to be producing at an insane level uh in all but one of his last uh nine games he's gotten at least one point uh he has scored uh, it looks like two, three, four, five, seven goals in the last six games as well. So anything Carter Verhage is obviously worth a look tonight. So it's a good prop game on the Florida side. Um, so I like a more props than anything in this game. I have to look six and a half over now that the totals dropped back down. It did open seven. It's dropped back down to six and a half. Have to look at the over now uh, at the six and a half now that it's come uh, back available once again at the majority of books. So I like over six and a half. I think Florida probably wins the game. Uh, the team total is what I would bet rather than the regulation or anything like that, because there's still that little seed of doubt where Florida's got to show it to me, bring two good games in a row that, uh, you know, put them, put two good games in a row together. Uh, I need to see it. I think they will. I think it's time to stop talking about being consistent and actually be consistent. And this is a team you're better than show it tonight uh, on your home ice. So, the Panther team total does interest me a little bit, but I like the over six and a half. And like I said, it's a good night to sprinkle on some of those Florida props that I mentioned. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Sharks, Panther. Yeah, I like this over, but I just, I'm going to wait and obviously get this in game. I'm not laying a dollar thirty-five on, on six and a half. I think we can wait and, and at least get five and a half. I'll lay a dollar thirty-five with five and a half with these two teams. Uh, I'm not going to wait for a plus price on on that and lower. So I want a better number. 
more than price, but I think this could be a, a good back and forth battle. San Jose has been been feisty. We've seen them go OT in three of their last four games, so they've been hanging around in Florida. I mean, I, I still don't think they should be you know a two dollar favorite against anybody right now, uh, even though they've had recent history against San Jose. I think it's gonna be a goal score back and forth. So I like the over, but I say wait. I think you'll be able to get at least a, a better price, uh, or sorry, a better number at the same price adjusted in game. I do want to throw out a couple San Jose props as well, because I do think they'll chip in offensively. I mean, they have been scoring goals, and you do have to give them credit, too, for the way they played against uh, Tampa coming back down 3-1. Uh, and Bobrovsky in net for Florida, look, he was pretty good. Uh, obviously, against Tampa Bay, he only gave up the one goal. Uh, maybe that's a sign Bobrovsky is going to go on a little bit of a hot streak here. But just like with Florida needing to put two good games in a row together as a team, can I see Bobrovsky? put two good games in a row together as a as a starting goaltender, which hasn't always been the case this year. His consistency has lacked. Um, as far as San Jose goes, he's got four points in the last two games for them and a goal as well, Barabanov. Timo Meyer right now, you, you get the sense this guy is trying to do everything in his power to showcase his talent to other teams because we know he's likely going to be dealt at the trade deadline. Uh, there's a bunch of teams interested in Timo Meyer. Uh, he had two goals and an assist three points in the game against Tampa Bay the other night. Uh, and you could look at anything, any props involving Meyer uh, makes sense to me right now. No question. Uh, you know, obviously shots on goal are obviously four and a half higher than usual because, but he is shooting the puck a lot over one and a half points is plus plus one eighty for Meyer tonight. And again, he had three points against Tampa Bay. Uh, he factors into a lot of the offense lately for the sharks. Uh, you know, the goal score prop isn't great, you know, plus plus one fifteen, but you know, there's a reason it's that price. He's been almost automatic getting uh, the bat finding the back of the net here for the uh, San Jose Sharks of late. And if you want to go for a little bit of a bargain bin, it's just someone I've noticed is well, Eric Carlson too. Of course, I got to mention him uh, in terms of the points. He's got seven in the last four games. He has got what is he up to now? Sixty nine points so far for the uh, Sharks in fifty two games. Like he really is going to hit hundred points potentially. Uh, for the uh, San Jose Sharks this year. What a incredible renaissance season for Eric Carlson, certainly offensively. He looks like in his heydays with the Ottawa Senators again, joining the rush, activating from the blue line, firing the puck, setting up his teammates, great vision, sees the ice extremely well. He's got it going right now, uh, Eric Carlson. He's had a terrific bounce back season. There's no question. He's still in the mix, I think, for the Norris this year, quite honestly, as well, uh, with the way he's played. Uh, Eric Carlson props goes without saying as well. Could be worth a look. And the one that's a bargain bin right now for me is Mikey Essimont for the uh, San Jose Sharks. This guy has two goals and four points in the last three games for the San Jose Sharks. You know, he's a guy they got from the Winnipeg Jets off waivers. And sometimes it's like that Ellie Tolvin in effect. You know, it didn't work out with Winnipeg, but doesn't mean it can't work out well with your new team. And, and we're starting to see that here with him. Uh, on this uh, San Jose Sharks team. So I think a Mikey Estimont value-laden prop might be uh, something to consider for the uh, San Jose Sharks because, look, they might lose this game, but if they, even if they do lose this game, I don't think it's going to be because they don't score goals. I think it's going to be because the defense and the goaltending lets them down. It would not shock me to still see San Jose find the back of the net. So uh, Mikey Estimont, keep an eye. Uh, on his props as well. Uh, the goal prop for him is plus 430 at Caesars. And again, this is a guy now with, what, three goals in the last two games uh, for the uh, San Jose Sharks. So uh, again, you're looking at not bad value at all uh, going with uh, him. Uh, and he's playing on the second line now as well for the uh, Sharks uh, in this hockey game. Keep that in mind 
uh, as well. All right, uh, great stuff. That's the uh, first part of the Thursday card. Uh, we will be right back to uh, break down the remaining games of this Thursday card right after we hear from Gramco. All right, whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the Ice Guys. Alex P. Smith just had a browser freeze issue. He'll be back with us momentarily. I will roll on here. Calgary and Detroit. We've got the Calgary Flames minus 155 road favorite. Six the total here shaded to the over uh, in this game. Um, bizarre story and a very scary story uh, from Calgary's perspective uh, yesterday. Uh, the team, of course, traveled after the game in uh, uh, New York against the Rangers to Detroit for this game as this road trip continues. Uh, the team was going to meet up for dinner uh, last night in Detroit, you know, the night before the game tonight against the Red Wings. And the, def the great defenseman for the Flames just kept getting better the last couple of years. Rasmus Anderson struck by a car while driving a scooter to the restaurant in Detroit on Wednesday night. So he was involved in a very serious accident uh, for the uh, Calgary Flames. Had to be taken to hospital. Uh, and uh, from the looks of it, he's going to be okay. But obviously you're talking about someone that now is going to be missing some time here for the uh, Calgary Flames as he tries to recover from that uh, accident. He was taken to hospital. He was released late Wednesday night after undergoing full testing. Uh, so again, he will not play uh, tonight against the Detroit Red Wings. Obviously, that's a kind of a traumatic experience. Day-to-day uh, -day is what he is listed as uh, right now. And it's not disclosed what exactly, you know, what, injury he suffered in the accident but uh, that is definitely uh very very scary and we wish uh, rasmus anderson all the best uh for the uh, calgary flames and you know what's um interesting about th this happening and losing a key defenseman like anderson uh is thank goodness they just got chris tanev back and chris tanev just recently returned for the flames if they had been still without him it's been one of their more steady sturdy stay-at-home defensemen would have made things even more uh, difficult for calgary from the back end uh, and, you know, you'd have to ask for more uh, responsibility and more minutes, you know, out of uh, Hannafin and uh, the big Russian, as Nikita Zadorov. Uh, Uyghur would have to play a lot more. Uh, you need more from the Gilbert, Dennis Gilbert, Michael Stone, third pair. Um, so the fact that at least they got Tanev back recently is huge, considering now they're without Rasmus Anderson. So. We'll see if Calgary can bounce back from a tough loss against the New York Rangers. And what was a hell of a hockey game? I said it the other day on the show. I thought it was one of the best regular season NHL games uh, in uh, this season. There's no question. It had everything. It had some great goals, excellent goaltending at times from both Halak and even Markstrom, who gave up you know a couple of softies. He also made some brilliant saves. And he, no wonder he snapped a stick after the overtime goal by Lafreniere because – he made a couple of just 
phenomenal saves and you know the, the two flame players in front of him trying to clear the zone end up you know running into each other and there's Lafreniere to put it past a prone uh Markstrom and you can tell he's just so frustrated I did everything in my power here to try to give us a chance in overtime and still we end up losing so uh very very unfortunate loss for Calgary uh, they'll look to bounce back uh, Dan Vladar is back in net tonight for the Flames. Not surprised. I mean, it's not just because Markstrom, they lost the game again with Markstrom in net, but it's because, you know, they have been going back and forth lately, Markstrom to Vladar. Uh, Dan Vladar, Darth Vladar, as they're calling him in Calgary, he's won five straight starts. He's now up to an 11-4 and record with a 2.77 goals against average and a 904 save percentage coming into this game tonight. Uh, I think, uh, and obviously, he's played well. Uh, and they've played better in front of him for some reason. I, I mean, for as much as we want to fault Jacob Markstrom, I find they don't play with that same defensive level of, you know, confidence. You know, I find they're not as um, sure on the puck when they've got Markstrom back there because they fear that maybe every little mistake they make, their goalie's not going to bail them out. I actually think right now the Flames feel when we do make a mistake right now uh, with the uh, puck, we do have a goalie in Dan Vladar with the level he's playing at that can bail them out. Uh, and he certainly played very well lately for Calgary. Uh, I, um, I cashed a ticket against Detroit uh, on Tuesday night with Edmonton in regulation. And I'm going back to that same well here with Calgary in regulation tonight uh, in this game. And there's Alex B. Smith in the chat. Yep, he's thinking what I'm thinking. I like Calgary in regulation here. Uh, to get the job done. Even without Anderson on the blue line, it's a big loss on that defense, no question. And by the way, it's around plus 100 right now, uh, even money with the Calgary Flames uh, in regulation. Um, I think they're definitely going to bounce back strong here. Again, five straight victories for the Flames with Vladar in net. Uh, and Detroit, kind of like I talked about with the Philadelphia Flyers earlier, a team that, you know, when they play someone that is a better team, a team that isn't going to look past them, team that's going to bring their a game or something close to that detroit's going to have a tough time beating a team like that and i think after the frustrating loss against the rangers you get calgary focused you get calgary uh playing a really good road game here tonight uh and i think you'll absolutely see that here tonight in this game so uh, calgary and regulation plus 100 that's simple as that um, that's what we're going to go with here in this game i do think by the way and there's some something i've noticed here with both of these uh, teams lately uh, and it's and I'm not much of the first period over guy compared to uh, Alex B. Smith. You know, he is the big uh, first period over uh, guy when it comes to both of us. But you look at the um, Detroit Red Wings, um, you know, they've been giving up a lot of goals early in hockey games this year. Uh, that's something you want to keep in mind. And then you look at Calgary, the game against the uh, Rangers went over the total. The Calgary Seattle game went over the total in the first period. The Chicago Calgary game went over the total uh, in the first period. Calgary's been on this pretty um, uh, decent little over the total run in the first period. So I, I like the over six too, but this is going to be one of those rare instances where I do a split. I'm going to do an over one and a half first period and an over six uh, in this game with the uh, Flames uh, and the uh, Red Wings. In fact, the first period might even be the better look, uh, quite honestly. So uh, first period over here, uh, minus 135 to minus 140. Uh, and Believe it or not, for over one and a half in the first period, that's a cheaper price than we see uh, in a lot of other instances. So minus 135, minus 140 with Flames, Red Wings, uh, over one and a half in the first period, and also a little bit on the over six. Smaller bets on both, a little bit bigger bet for me here on 
Calgary uh, in regulation to get the job done. And as far as the uh, props go here uh, in this game, uh, Dubé, Lindholm, Toffoli on the uh, top line. I ended up getting in on Jacob Peltier against the Rangers to find the back of the net because he was moved up to the second line. He had one shot on goal. He did not find the back of the net, but I wouldn't shy away from trying that you know, thought process again here with uh, Jacob Peltier for the uh, Calgary Flames up on the uh, second line uh, playing alongside Nazem Kadri and Jonathan Huberto. And by the way, Kadri and Huberto, um, you know, are, are definitely played better, both of them lately. So I think that in turn will give Jacob Peltier, you know, a decent chance here, maybe to finally get his first NHL goal. He's getting close, you know, and he's playing pretty solid hockey. You're noticing him out there when he's on the ice for a shift. Uh, and Jacob Peltier right now, I think definitely could be a, a, a decent uh, prop option. I think he's going to pot his first uh, NHL goal very soon. I, I wouldn't want to be in a situation where the game I don't bet him to score a goal is the game that he does score his first NHL goal. I don't want to be in that spot. So, uh, yeah, definitely Jacob Peltier. Uh, I'm going to look in that direction for Calgary. Uh, and, again, you can get upwards of plus 350, plus 400 on him. Uh, to find the uh, back of the net here for the uh, Flames in this game tonight. All right, uh, next up, we've got the Vancouver Canucks and the uh, New York Islanders. Uh, it is the uh, Vancouver Canucks, or sorry, the Islanders, rather, minus 210 home favorites, uh, minus 220 in some spots, uh, six the total shaded to the over in this game. Uh, the New York Islanders, 2-0 and since the All-Star break, 2-0 and with Bo Horvat since the trade. Um, definitely, it has given them uh, a shot in the arm. It's given them... You know, I think definitely it, it just pumps spirit and life into a dressing room and a struggling hockey team. And look, they won two games before the break, before the trade even happened. But I think the fact that they, they've looked even better, to be quite honest with you, in the games they've won after the break. The two games they won before the break, they got outplayed by Vegas. You know, very fortunate that great goaltending allowed them to win that hockey game. The Detroit game, it was not a dominant win, you know, either. You know, it was uh, not the greatest win uh, or most, you know, not a win where they controlled the game you know, and dominated from start to finish. The Islander game, they controlled it. They were they were the better team from start to finish. They had the higher amount of shots, chances uh, and looks, and they had the puck more often than the Flyers did. And then the Seattle game, well, I mean, obviously with a 4 nothing lead, they kind of sat back. But for the first two periods, the Islanders were better uh, than Seattle. Their level of play has gone up as a team, as a collective, since the Bo Horvat trade uh, took place. So uh, there's no question that, um, you know, they've been bolstered. Uh, you know, it's just they see Sweet Lou making the move, then re-signing him long-term, and they see, you know what? The guy makes us better, both ends of the ice, makes us better offensively, makes them better defensively, too, because he's a great two-way center. We've already always said that about uh, Bo Horvat. Um, but what it does is it shows that the – the management thinks we could still be a, a team that's capable enough of being in the playoffs. And if we, if we get our shit together and we put the wins together and look, all of a sudden two and O after the break four and O in their last four games overall. And here are the New York Islanders tied for, with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins for that final wildcard spot now uh, in the Eastern conference. So look what just this four game win streak has done here uh, for the uh, New York Islanders, Vancouver. Let's I do want to give them some credit here. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, because their effort's been there, all right? They're playing hard. Rick Tockett's got them working very hard. He's got them playing hard. He's got them on every shift. I'm seeing them trying to win, winning more puck battles than maybe they did a few weeks ago. But, man, every little mistake they make defensively is a 
ghastly mistake. It is a horrendous mistake. And that's the problem. They play a nice solid five, six minutes of hockey. And then whoops, there's that defensive calamity. Whoa, there's that defensive blunder. And it's all shot to hell. And the puck is in the back of their net. That's exactly what we saw against the Rangers last night. You know, it really was. I mean, they they just, that one mistake, the critical lack of ability to clear the defensive zone, that, that turnover in the neutral zone, that inability to tie up the man in front of the net, all kinds of these, you know, defensive 101 fundamentals just keep on coming back to bite the Vancouver Canucks. You know, in a very winnable game for them last night, those little defensive fundamentals came back to bite them in that 4-3 loss, just like the little five-minute lapse they had uh, against the New Jersey Devils in the first game after the break. That also came back uh, to bite them uh, in that game. I mean, they can't overcome these defensive mistakes, and that's the problem. They're scoring goals. They're, you know, the offense is fine. You know, they're playing hard, but they can't overcome this def- these the, the shoddy defense, making critical blunders with the puck, and goaltending that ain't good enough from either Spencer Martin or Colin Delia to bail them out you know that's what we're seeing right now with uh, vancouver at this point in time so they've had two tough losses one goal losses to the to the um rangers and the devils i don't want to lay minus 220 with the islanders the islanders have made me money since the break i'm happy about that my thought process was spot on that the islanders are a team i want to back coming out of the all-star break i think they'll be reinvigorated and revitalized with bo horvat here and it's played out that way but we got Minus 130 against the Flyers. We got minus 120 against Seattle. We're talking minus 220 here. I want no part of that price. I just don't. Um, But I don't want Vancouver either. Um, You know, it's a tough spot for them. It's the third road game in four nights. It's a back-to-back. It's um, two crushing losses in a row. Do they hit the wall? Do they have another third strong, you know, play so hard we almost win the game effort in them in a row and the third and four nights on the road? I'm not so sure about that. Uh, here uh, in this game against the Islanders. So I'm I'm off the money line, but I am going to look at the Islander team total over. I think you have to. I mean, because, I you know, you saw them get to four against Seattle. I still think there's going to be um, a team that's going to turn a corner offensively. We're already seeing signs of that. Bo Horvat gets his first goal with the Islanders against Seattle. Uh, I think the team totals in play here. And look, Vancouver, we know what they do against the opposition. Well, Rick Tockett's trying to work with this team defensively and trying to get their penalty kill better. But as you can see, I don't think he's got the personnel to just to have a good defensive team. He can do whatever he wants in terms of structure, in terms of systems, but you don't have the personnel to play good defense in your own zone. I think that's clear as day. So there's only so much Tockett can say. There's only so much Tockett can do. And the one thing we're seeing, even with Tockett behind the bench, trying to instill better defensive play from this Canucks team is they're still giving up goals and bunches to the opponent. Four goals allowed to the Rangers. Five goals allowed to the Devils. Six goals allowed to, to the Kraken. And to the good teams is where they're giving up the goals. It's fine to hold Columbus and Chicago to two goals, but Seattle puts a six spot on you. Jersey puts a five spot on you. And the Rangers put a four spot on you. That's why I still have confidence the Islanders can get themselves to uh, four goals. Now, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you'd want no part of the Islanders over a team total. Um, but I'm going to take a shot tonight with it. Over three and a half Islanders team total, over three and a half minus 124 here uh, in this game. And I'm also going to sprinkle a little on the over six, although I like the team total for the Islanders better because I could see this being 4-1. Um, but Vancouver's been scoring. 
Okay, and Vancouver just continues to go over the total. And six to me with a Vancouver game looks extremely light. You look at these games for Vancouver, 4-3, 4-3, 5-2, 4-1, which is the only game that stayed below six goals, by the way, for Vancouver in the last 10 games they played. And then they played a 4-2 with Edmonton, 5-2 with Chicago, 6-1 with Seattle, 5-2 with Columbus, 5-4 with New Jersey, 4-3 with the Rangers. So at six, I have to take over in this game at minus 120. I just have to. For Vancouver, this is an extremely low number. Uh, going into this game. Delia in net, by the way, for Vancouver. It, uh, we, we think it'll be Delia. I don't think it's been confirmed yet, uh, but uh, we think it'll be Delia. It is Ilya Sorokin for the uh, New York Islanders. By the way, it's Huso in net for Detroit in the last game we talked about against uh, Calgary. Um, but th- that's what I'm going to look at here, a split between the Islanders team total over three and a half and the full game over six here with the Islanders and the Canucks. As far as props go, uh, Bo Horvat props. We're coming back to the overshots on goal tonight. It's his first first game against his old team he did stay under two and a half shots on goal in the last game against Seattle but again they had a four nothing lead you probably could afford to just you know park the bus a little bit play defense he did have four shots on goal in his debut with the Islanders against the Flyers so I think you're going to get over three over two and a half shots tonight from Bo Horvat I'm going back to that well tonight Bo Horvat over two and a half shots on goal facing his old team it's minus 132 minus 135 with that shots on goal prop you know, you always want to play well. You always want to be more aggressive. You want to look for your own offense. You want to try to put the puck in the net and shoot the puck more against your old team. This is the same prop that I took with Johnny Gaudreau when he went back to Calgary uh, recently against Columbus. So, yeah, over two and a half shots on goal for Horvat. If you want to sprinkle on the goal prop, you can do that, which it's around um, plus 150 uh, for uh, Bo to find the uh, back of the net tonight. Uh, for the New York Islanders, you know, you could use that same thought process uh, on Beauvillier uh, as well. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier, you know, he's going back to uh, Long Island to play his old team for the first time and now as a member of the Vancouver Canucks. So Anthony Beauvillier is certainly someone you could, you know, consider an over two and a half shots on goal. And you're getting a really good price with him. How about plus 120 to plus 130 for over two and a half shots on goal for uh, Anthony Beauvillier? Does he pot his first goal as a Vancouver Canuck tonight? If you think so, against his old team, plus 350 is what you can find with that. Just to get one point tonight, and that might be a really good one, never mind the goal prop, but just to get a point, considering you're playing uh, uh, on the second line uh, for the Vancouver Canucks, you're getting opportunity, you're in a top six role uh, right now with this team. You're playing with, uh, Podco- uh, it looks, no, he's playing with Pedersen and Kuzmenko, I beg your pardon, on the uh, top line. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier, you know, you're playing with, you know, two of the best offensive talents on the team right now. Um, so over just to get a point, Anthony Beauvillier tonight, it's plus 125. It's a really good price. And, and you think he's going to have, have something in the tank to bring a, a pretty good effort here tonight. So, yeah, the, the, the players on both sides, Horvat against his old team, the Canucks now with the Islanders and Beauvillier against his old team, the Islanders now with the Canucks. Shots on goal, point props, goal props, things of that nature, I think, worth a look here uh, in this game uh, tonight. Kuzmenko as well to score a goal because Kuzmenko's just been lighting it up here for Vancouver. And on the Islanders' side, if you're not going to look at Bo Horvat, um, look at Brock Nelson, look at Anders Lee. I mean, going into the break, those were the only two guys scoring before they got Bo Horvat. So uh, definitely, Bovillier does 
need to bring the work ethic a little bit stronger. I agree with that. Cheshire Cat's not wrong with that comment. Kind of a puss. I'm being a little nicer with my description, but he's got to be harder to play against. He's got to, I think sometimes there's shifts where it's just he's going for a free skate. You know, he's not getting his nose dirty. He's not going to the front of the net. You know, he's just relying on his skill and his ability and his release to get him by. And that can't happen. And it happens a bit too much with him. And especially when he was with the Islanders, that happened a bit too much with him. You know, he needs, uh, and, and Tockett should help him with this, you know, be harder to play against. Tockett's here to make these Canucks harder to play against. And Beauvillier certainly needs some of that as much as anybody right now uh, on this Vancouver Canucks team. Just to be a hard-as-fuck player to play against. Be, be, be tough on pucks. Don't get knocked off pucks too easily, you know. Go to the blue paint. Go to the goal crease to try to score some goals. All of these little things that you need to do to be a tough player to play against in the National Hockey League. Too many times you don't see Anthony Beauvillier playing that way. And now it's going to be, I think, up to this coaching staff to try to get him, uh, try to get those bad habits out of him. Uh, and if there's one night that I'm going to try to bank on Beauvillier bringing a great effort and a hard effort and a tough effort uh, and work through checks, work through collisions, get to the front of the net, get to the traffic areas, get to the slot, find, you know, loose pucks, find ways to make a difference. It's a game like tonight when you're playing your old team. All right, final game of this card. Uh, I think, Alex, we're still, I mean, we might have lost him because he's, I think his browser is uh, on the fritz right now. But if we did, uh, Alex, if you can, I think you might still be in the chat. Drop your best bet because we'll be doing this right after this game. Uh, Vegas and Minnesota. We've got Minnesota minus 125 home favorites, five and a half the total in this game. Uh, I'm right back to the Vegas Golden Knights. Cashed a best bet winner with them on Tuesday against Nashville. Uh, I like Vegas again here tonight, plus 105 against Minnesota. Minnesota's been really poor lately, really poor. And I, I, I'm, I'm the, the excuses are out the window uh, now. You lost to Dallas last night, 4-1, to one, so it's a back-to-back for them. You were in Arizona Monday night. You're in Dallas last night. Now you're back home, third game in four nights. Back-to-back uh, -back losses where you didn't play great uh, in either game. Your offense is sputtering. You've scored just three goals in the two games since the break. And don't forget how they were playing before the break. Against Carolina, they lost 5-2. The Washington win was a fraudulent win. They got badly outplayed by the Capitals, but goaltending bailed them out in that 4-2 win against Washington. They probably could have lost that game as well. Uh, they barely beat Arizona the first time they played them in Minnesota, 2-1. Again, the 4-2 win against Washington where the Capitals outplayed them. The Capitals probably deserved a better fate. And then they had the three losses in a row against Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay. That tough trio on the road couldn't win any games in that stretch. Then they come back home, a less than impressive win uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers in overtime. Uh, another fortuitous shootout win uh, against the uh, uh, Buffalo Sabres after that, where they didn't necessarily play great. And then, of course, back-to-back -back losses post-All-Star break against Arizona and Dallas. They're just not playing great right now. And by the way, they definitely miss Jonas Brodeen. And if he's out again tonight, that's significant for uh, the Minnesota Wild. He missed the game with the uh, lower body injury last night. He's one of their best shutdown defensemen. He doesn't give you much offensively, but defensively, man, they miss him. He's very good in his own end. Uh, you know, he's a veteran defenseman. He's positionally sound. Uh, and they didn't have him last night against Dallas. Uh, and I think they'll potentially be without him again tonight against Vegas. Logan Thompson will be in net for the Golden Knights tonight after it was Aiden Hill. Uh, getting the start against Nashville. That was as good as I've seen from the Golden Knights as a team against Nashville. It was a defensive, uh, just a defensive choke 
uh, of the Nashville Predators. That's what they did. They choked the Nashville Predators defensively. The Predators didn't do anything. Predators uh, in that game had like 12 shots on goal with like five minutes left in the third, and they ended up with 17 shots on goal for the entire game at home. It was as good a defensive effort as I've seen. And Bruce Cassidy said it after the game. He said, I don't know if our team has checked as well defensively as we did against Nashville, a 5-1 win. Again, four-game losing streak. They weren't playing well going into the break. And you know what? They still have a couple of key pieces out, especially Mark Stone, but they are much healthier now. And the blue line in particular, Zach Whitecloud came back in the win against Nashville, his first game. Shea Theodore has been back for a couple of games now. You know, Petrangelo now has worked himself back into rhythm. Uh, the blue line now is finally just about back to full strength. The only key absence they still have is Mark Stone. Jack Eichel hasn't been uh, great lately. Uh, we talked about the uh, point drought that he's on, uh, six straight games without a point. But he had he's had 12 shots on goal in the last two games, and he had a bunch of chances against Nashville the other night. It's going to happen for him at some point. And in fact, for as much as I've reprimanded Jack Eichel, I'm going to take a shot with him tonight in this game, not only to score a goal plus 210, uh, in this game, well, we're going to go with uh, to get a point at minus 140 with Jack Eichel tonight. This is it. This is the night I think the drought ends for Jack Eichel. He's getting close. You know, you're, you're seeing him out there on the ice. You're seeing him get chances. You're seeing him get opportunities. 12 shots in the last two games. He got robbed by UC Saros late in the third period on one of those chances against Nashville the other night. He's getting close and he's getting a nice price. And, and again, the the props for Jack Eichel, the prices have gotten better the last few games because of his six-game drought here, six straight games without a point. So now, and yeah, Alex ran into Jack Eichel and met him last night in downtown St. Paul. That's the reason that he's going to get back on track tonight. A little good luck running into Alex. That's what's going to get him going. I agree with that. Sometimes a little karma. You need that. And maybe that's what Jack needs. Jack needed to run into, a, you know, someone. He needed to run into someone involved involving our ice guys family. That, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, Eichel at plus 210 to score a goal. He's been close. I think tonight's the night he finally gets the, finds the back of the net and want minus 140 to get a point uh, as well uh, in this game. So Vegas plus 105. Uh, I'm liking it. And uh, Alex is on it uh, as well. Uh, all right, that is the Thursday card. We appreciate you guys tuning in. 264 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. We still have best bets uh, yet to come. But before we get to best bets, again, we want to remind you of what's coming up here uh, on the Ice Guys. It is the uh, – did I get rid of the banner? Damn it, I did. Uh, well, we'll create a new one here in just a second. But you know what it is. It's this Saturday. Uh, it's the uh, Ice Guys Super uh, Betcast uh, live. Uh, this Saturday uh, at 2 o'clock p.m. Uh, Eastern time uh, with live betting and commentary throughout the huge uh, Saturday slate. Uh, this is the first time we've done a uh, betcast on a Saturday, and it's also the uh, first time we've done a marathon betcast because we're going to go from 2 p.m. Eastern all the way through the entire afternoon, the entire evening, right up until the Penguins and Kings, the late-night game. And there's also a late game with the Blackhawks and the Jets, uh, as well on Saturday. Those two late games will go all the way till they conclude as well. So the Ice Guys Super Betcast live Saturday, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. It'll start not long after our daily Saturday show ends where we break down the games. So join us for the Super Betcast live betting commentary. Uh, hopefully we win a bunch of bets. I've got a bunch of goal score prop bets planned for that Saturday 
as well as some parlays, you know, and we happened to hit one last night with hints and with uh, Heedle. Uh, so we might look to put a couple of those together as well uh, for this uh, super bet cast. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, make sure your fridges are stocked. Drinking is not only, uh, you know, you know, allowed, it's encouraged. Uh, so make sure uh, you bring your uh, favorite beverage with you or favorite beverages with you for the uh, BetCast on Saturday. It's the first ever Ice Guys Super BetCast, Saturday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern. If you want to join us on the BetCast stream, and believe me, there'll be plenty of opportunity to get on the stream for how long we'll be running. So uh, DM me at Bobano on Twitter or email Bobano350 at gmail.com as well. That's another way you can contact me and uh, say you want to join us on the Super BetCast on Saturday, and we will send the uh, StreamYard link to you for the BetCast prior to Saturday uh, when it begins. So uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun uh, all day, all night. Super BetCast, Saturday, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern, uh, right here uh, on our Ice Guys uh, YouTube channel. So excited about that. All right, we will wrap the show up in just a moment with Best Bets right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code Ice Guys, that's promo code Ice Guys, all one word, I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com. Using the promo code Ice Guys, you get the performance package 4.0. It is a game changer. The Lawnmower 4.0, it takes care of this, among other things. Uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0, waterproof. Same thing with the Weed Whacker, which takes care of your ear hair, nose hair. I mean, nose hair in particular. You know, I'm getting up there in age, and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue. This will take care of it. It feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes. It pisses the hell out of me. It bothers me. I need to take care of that shit. This will take care of it for you. The Weed Whacker. Uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant. Keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about, and Manscaped.com can help you out with that. So make sure you take advantage of this. Manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we're back here on the Ice Guys, and it is time for best bets to wrap up the show. Um, we'll start with Alex B. Smith because uh, he had posted, I think he posted his best bet already uh, in the chat. It is the Vegas Golden Knights uh, plus 105 against the Minnesota Wilds. So that is Alex's uh, best bet here for this uh, Thursday uh, NHL card. 
Uh, my best bet for this Thursday uh, card, uh, we're going to we're gonna keep it simple here uh, and go with San Jose, Florida, over six and a half. Uh, I almost went with Calgary in regulation. That's right up there too. Uh, but I'll go with San Jose, Florida, over six and a half here, uh, minus 135. Um, pretty uh, obvious decision. I mean, Florida, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't distrust them to score goals. They will uh, against San Jose, but the Sharks are putting up some fight. And you've got guys on this team trying to showcase themselves. Nobody more than Timo Meyer. Uh, Eric Carlson continues to deliver the goods, having an incredible offensive season from the blue line, uh, and a, just an incredible comeback story for him this year. I think both teams will contribute to a lot of offense tonight down in Sunrise. So Sharks, Panthers, uh, over 6.5, minus 135 uh, for my best bet here for this Thursday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, Download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 